0: You're about to discover more than you ever knew about our very own Lakeland Linder International Airport. Let's get focused. I'm Andrew Gash with the Communications Department for the City of Lakeland. Today, we focus on Lakeland Linder International Airport and chat with Airport Assistant Director Adam Lunn. Adam, thank you for joining us today. Hey, Andrew. Thank you for having us on today. And to you, our listeners, I know that you're going to be just as impressed and amazed as I am when you hear all about what goes on here at LAL. Lakeland Linder International Airport is one of the most dynamic and diversified airports in the country. I mean, it's currently host to over 60 businesses, right?
1: That's correct. Over 65 businesses are here.
0: Right. And they call this airport their home. That includes uh, the NOAA Hurricane Hunters, right? Which it's easier to say NOAA than National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I had to look that up the first time I saw it. Uh, The Department of Defense contractor, uh, DRAKEN, right? DRAKEN International. They call this their home or one of their homes? We are. In fact, we are their headquarters. Amazing. And then, of course, everyone knows Amazon Air. Yes. This is a big hub for Amazon, and that's probably one of the only things that that some people know about Lakeland Linder is Amazon. But as I'm sure y'all will soon discover as you listen, Amazon is just a small part of what happens here. Uh, There's flight schools, training the next generation of pilots. Uh, And Adam, I've just mentioned a few of these things. That's more than I knew before speaking with you a few weeks ago as we were getting ready to to focus on the airport during the month of March. I was in this camp of people who imagined that the airport uh, doesn't do anything except for act as my personal landing zone for Amazon binging, and that's it. But there is a lot more than that. I didn't know until you gave us a tour just exactly how big the airport is. 1,700 acres, over 1,700 acres. Over Uh,
1: 1,700 acres, yes, sir. Yep.
0: It's bigger than- all the Disney theme parks put together.
1: All yes sir. Mhm.
0: <laughs> and many of you may be surprised not just at the size of the land but also the number of operations. So Adam, first of all, just this is the economic engine of Lakeland. What does that mean? How exactly big is this airport and what are yeah. y'all doing here?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, we, have talked about the, the actual size of the facility being over 1700 acres. We've talked about our, our 65 plus businesses and organizations that call this airport home. Uh, but more importantly, it's the 3000 jobs that are located here on the airport. And that's not people working directly for the airport, or the city of Lakeland. That's 3000 jobs that our tenants and businesses are creating for folks right here in our backyard. And, um, one thing that we like to kind of highlight that kind of shows those those metrics of, of where we're at, um, you know, just a few years ago, uh, we were sitting right around, I think it was $574 million in economic impact. We are now at over $1.5 billion in economic impact uh, being generated right here by, by this facility.
0: $1.5 billion. And Amazon, you told me a few weeks ago, Amazon is just what, 7% of the of that's, the traffic here not not maybe the economic impact but traffic here.
1: Right, correct. So from from an air traffic perspective, Amazon only makes up about 7% of our total operations. Uh, in fact, we we were over 143,000 operations here last year. That ranks us the 108th busiest airport in the United States.
0: 108th in the United States and in Florida, what is that number? 50 No, 30, what is it? Uh, in 30?
1: Florida, we are the uh, 25th busiest 25th airport, in Florida. airport mm-hmm. in Florida. And a lot of that's to do with the flight training activity in sure. the state. So there's a a lot of busy airports here uh, with with all the flight training activity. To kind of put it in perspective, to kind of compare us to, to our neighbors to the uh, over there to to the west, Tampa International is the 42nd busiest airport in the United States, and we're sitting at 108.
0: There's a history here to this airport. This is not Lakeland's first airport, is That's it? That's correct. So tell me... Mm-hmm. What is the history of, of aviation in Lakeland, and, and where does Lakeland Linder come into play?
1: Sure. So, so Lakeland had a couple of airports before uh, Lakeland Linder International existed. Uh, some were grass fields uh, located in the south and and to the west of the city. Um, but I think the the true or the first true real airport uh, what one could say would be or modern airport um, would be up at Tikertown, Town, um, up at Joker Merchant Stadium, where that is. in in that location today. And uh, in the 1940s, that's when the city commission passed a resolution to replace that existing airport. It was a smaller facility um, and uh, they were looking to expand. You had uh, the emergence of commercial air travel at that time. And uh, so the city was looking for another location. And so they they picked this area to the Southwest of the city. And uh, at that time, of course, World War II was just getting started. And uh, the city leased this facility out to the War Department. And the War Department came in, put in three runways, put in taxiway support facilities, um, everything you need to train Army Air Corps um, personnel during World War II. And then after the war, um, they returned it back to the city in, in its condition, in, in its improved condition. And then slowly the city phased out um, Lodwick Field, which was up there at, at Tigertown today.
0: So this has not always been, of course, Lakeland Linder International. That name has has evolved as the airport has evolved, right? So, international travel just that designation was just added in 2019, 18.
1: 2017. 2017. 2017 uh, we added uh, the international capabilities here. And um, that was when we went in and opened up a new, what's called a general aviation facility. So, this is a facility where we can clear aircraft up to 19 passengers. And uh, just last year, we saw over 200 international arrivals coming clear here into the United States, here, here in Lakeland. Um, so, uh, that, that international debt designation. Uh, we've been very proud of and have been working hard to continue to, to grow the awareness of it and pilots and, and corporations are starting to learn that they can come here and clear. And so we're seeing an uptick in those folks utilizing that service.
0: All the, all the warehouses in Lakeland that are cropping up, does that have anything to do with the fact that businesses can call this mm-hmm. a, a hub in Central Florida?
1: Yes, in fact, there, there is one company that moved to Lakeland recently that part of their decision-making process was due to this airport and the ability for their CEOs to come in clear internationally here in Lakeland. Um, it is an international-based company. They're, they're based in, in Spain, I believe, and that was one of the factors in them choosing to come to Lakeland was the fact that they, they had that capability here.
0: It's surprising when I hear the, the the amount of inbound and outbound traffic to know that the airport is run by under 25 Employees. I mean, three thousand jobs, you know, on the property. But but as far as those who work for the city, for the airport, kind of being the 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 maintainers of this operation, under twenty five. So, what is your role on this team? How do you keep everything and everyone? on track.
1: Sure. Um, so, so so, my role on the team is, is the assistant airport director and I'm focused on, on the operational side of the house as it were. So I'm focused on aircraft operations, emergency response, maintenance of the facilities and things like that. And we have an outstanding team here at the airport. Um, I can't speak highly enough of them and it's really a team effort. Uh, to get this done um, it, it is a lot of a lot of facilities we have over two million facilities under roof or two million square feet of facilities under roof plus the 1700 acres that we're all working to maintain and that's divided between our maintenance team our facilities team and our operations team as well plus all of our admin folks that are here helping us uh, with all all the day-to-day uh, back-end work to make sure that that everything's moving smoothly
0: One of the things that we were asking about earlier as we were looking at focusing on the airport for the month of March was a particular job. We asked if there's anything, any function in your department that might be a surprise to the public. And your answer was the position of airport operation specialist. So... Why was that your particular focus? Tell me more about that.
1: Yeah, I I think that that was a focus because it's kind of unique and and in that job title itself, it doesn't necessarily give you a lot of background on what that individual actually does. And in our operations specialist, they they are here to help us on 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 a day to day basis with. Um, safety and security. That's really what it boils down to, including responding to emergencies, assisting with special events, assisting with uh, VIP movements. Um, These folks are out there doing everything from wildlife management to inspections on the runways and taxiways even to responding to to aircraft emergencies and assisting with that as well so it's such a diversified job and and you wear so many different hats in that position it's just kind of a really unique role i think a lot of people can, can associate to you know a facilities maintenance uh position or an accounting position but that in and of itself an operations specialist is kind of unique and unique in 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 the world
0: and for those of you who are listening, you're probably like me in the sense that all you know about an airport is what you see or what you've experienced when you've gone and you've flown somewhere, and so, so this airport not not only because it focuses at the moment more on commercial than on than on um, passenger travel, right? But ju- just. The very fact that you've given me the behind-the-scenes tour lets me see just how much goes into maintaining this property that has nothing to do with with the flights taking off and landing. How, how often or how early do, do, does your team get started every day maintaining this property and getting ready for the arrivals and departures?
1: Yeah, so we are a 24-hour facility. So uh, from, from city personnel, we do have an op- airport operations specialist that's working 24 hours a day um, that's here to respond to any emergencies at any time or, or any need. Needs of our tenants or operators or users. We also have the 24-hour air traffic control tower. So air traffic control is working 24 hours a day. Now those are our federal contract controllers. Uh, so they're not direct city employees. And then of course we have um, our partners with the. Uh, Lakeland Fire Department here providing aircraft rescue firefighting services uh, 24 hours a day uh, um, as well in the field.
0: As far as job opportunities are concerned, or even those listening who may be younger and or, or even students who are interested uh, in, in gaining their pilot's license, there's a lot more to an airport than just becoming a pilot. You mm-hmm. told me that again a few Absolutely. weeks ago.
1: Yeah, and, and I think I think a lot of people, and, and, and I fall in that category when I was younger, you know, you kind of think there's pilots and there's mechanics. Right. Um, and it was actually a job shadow that I did uh, right here at this airport uh, when I was in uh, middle school with the, at the time, the assistant airport director. And I uh, kind of opened my eyes to this whole other world um, of opportunities uh, for pilots for, for me to pursue. And that's kind of where I fell in love with the, with the idea of getting into aviation management and and getting into airport management. But I mean, it, it takes everybody. It's a, it's, it's a team effort from, you know, marketing support to accounting, to finance, to maintenance, to, um, uh, your administrators it, it takes it takes everybody working together um, to, to make sure that this operation runs smoothly and, and safely and so for folks looking to get into aviation you don't you don't have to be a pilot you don't sure. have to be a mechanic there are so many different opportunities to get involved in aviation which I just think is is awesome <laughs> uh, it, and and you know it's it's a great great field to get into and you know it's it's a field that is in desperate need of, of people. Um, a lot of people are seeing this right now, um, when they're traveling, you know, although we don't have commercial air service here now, um, you know, American airlines canceled 50,000 flights this summer. And, uh, currently they have over 150 jets parked because they don't have enough crew to, to, to support the aircraft, um, and, and get them uh, up in the air. So it's, it's an, it's a task that the industry collectively is going to have to look at as far as recruiting more folks and getting folks interested in the aviation field.
0: And you mentioned briefly, your uh, past with with this airport started in middle school when you got a tour of it and and, Mm -hmm. and realized a little bit more about what it takes to, to keep this operation running. So tell me a little bit more about the rest of your story. How did you come to work at LAL? What are some of the lessons you've learned along the way?
1: Um, so I, I came to work here as an intern uh, in 2011. I, I graduated from uh, the University of South Florida and was on my way to Florida Southern, uh, finishing up my my MBA degree there. And uh, I had reached out to the to the then airport director, asking is, if there was any opportunity just to kind of kind of get my foot in the door. And and luckily there was, and I was able to kind of start working working my what my my way up and uh, started out as an intern um, enjoyed that moved into uh, the role of an operations specialist then an operations coordinator supervisor manager and uh, now i'm serving as the assistant airport director and 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 that's been um 11 years so coming up this june i would have been here at the airport for for 12 years
0: and how long have you been in this particular position as the as the assistant director
1: sure so i've i've been in this role since october of 2022.
0: okay and you and Chris together are spearheading uh, the airport at a time that is that sees Lakeland booming. And yes. so I'm sure you have some particular goals in mind as far as what the airport's role is going to be moving forward. Uh, what are some of those strategic ideas that you're looking to implement as you see the entire city becoming one of the busiest hotspots in the nation.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think for us, we, what, what we're seeing right now is a huge demand for access to, to this airport. And, and that's from a lot of businesses that are looking to come into this area. Uh, pe- people are moving in and businesses see that. And so they are looking, hey, how, how can we get access here at the Lakeland Airport? And, and the unfortunate thing is, is that it's a good thing and a bad thing in that we can't build it fast enough. Um, So we have businesses come in and they're like, I need 20,000 square feet or 50,000 square feet, but I need it now. And that's where we have to work on and and kind of uh, make sure that, that we're guiding the airport in a direction that we have spaces ready, we have spaces available for these companies to come in. and and to start operating. A lot of that starts way down at the bottom with making sure that we're following our master plan. Um, So the airport does have a master plan that was developed in 2020. And so we're using that, that, that is our guidebook. And so we're using that to make sure that those those opportunities for development like our uh, a primary we're trying to develop right now is our northeast quad and that's for heavy aircraft maintenance repair and overhaul and we talked a lot about our 65 plus businesses but we're also talking about diversity of businesses too mm-hmm. because as the market and the economy change different facets of aviation also um, you know increase in demand and decrease in demand so we want to make sure that that we're we have a good diversity of income and that's one area where we would like to see more activity here because uh not only that but those are those are high skill highways Jobs, so that's bringing more of those high school high wage positions here here into the community. But I guess to, to answer your original question, it's um, making sure that that the airport is ready uh, when the time comes and when those businesses are ready to to come here.
0: And there's some been some technical improvements as well recently that have mm-hmm. categorized the airport as a as a category. What is it? A category. Three instrument landing system now installed.
1: Correct. Yeah, so so we so we have um, over the I would say kind of over the past ten years we've we've really focused on making sure the bones of the airport are good. So we we had some pavements out here that that needed some attention. We needed to upgrade some facilities. So we've kind of done that the last ten years. And this last big project was upgrading to a Cat Three instrument landing system. And and for those of you who don't know, um, there, there's different categories. They go Cat One, Two, and Three. Three is the is the I guess you could say the strictest and that it allows for airplanes to use what's called auto land. So if you've ever seen a video of a plane landing in fog, um, this system will allow them to do that. And we're only the fourth in the airport in the state of Florida with that capability and the 68th airport in the United States with that capability. And um, it really increases safety, especially in in low visibility conditions to have that available for, for air crews to, to, to
0: utilize. So with Amazon, We've heard recently in commission meetings that they're looking to have this airport expand just so that they can increase their operations here. And one of the things that's so neat about that is that while they're helping to fund or funding the expansion, that those improvements will eventually revert to being owned by the airport, correct? And tell tell us, or maybe, maybe I've got that a little off. Tell me more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So so Amazon, when, when they came here, um, they, they had an original ground lease where, where they've got their existing sort facility there as well as some ramp space. Um, but what they need uh, currently is some additional ramp space because they need to maximize the use of their existing facility and it has some additional capacity that that, that they are that they are looking to to, to utilize and so amazon currently they're, they're going to extend their ramp out to the west adding two additional positions for for seven six sevens so so larger aircraft they, they can also put smaller aircraft on those positions as well um, but they're, they're looking to expand to the west and with that they needed to also extend a taxiway so that way they could have secondary entrance as well. So you didn't have any head to head issues um, on the on the ramp there. Now that tax way will actually revert to the airport. Um, and and we will actually take over control. But Amazon will, will be paying all the upfront costs for that. Now, now they will be reimbursed for a portion of that um, through through credits on their on their ground lease. Um, but but that that is an asset that will belong to the airport. In fact, um, this is something a lot of people don't know. Um, but that in 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 aviation especially in airports ground leases after the term is up uh, the asset will revert back to the airport um, so any any improvements at the end of the life of the of the lease will become uh, pro- property of the airport
0: so talking about things that people do and, and don't know because there's so many different facts and figures that I've learned uh, just by speaking with you and it's easy to again assume that you that you kind of have an idea of what happens at the airport. For instance, people may say that it's just Amazon flights all day, but a lot of the planes that we see flying overhead may not even be landing here. You mentioned that, and of the Amazon ones, it's 12 in, 12 out every day.
1: That's correct. Um, so, so right now we have 12, 12 in and 12 out a day, uh, for a total of, of 24 operations, um, and, and that number is expected to increase. And, and you know, we we want to make sure pe- pe- people do do know that. Um, but but it is 12 12 operations in. 12 operations out. And currently uh, the way it is structured is they're in bank arrivals. So a lot of folks will, will will recognize this where you'll see two, three, four kind of come in right right after one another. and that's because they're coming in an, in a bank and then they all leave in a bank as well. Um, and, and so that, that is the, that is kind of the operational tempo um, that, that, that Amazon is operating under. Um, and two, you know, we, we kind of mentioned um, so, some other airplanes in the area. There, there's, there's other GA airports in the area in the county as well. So we do have a lot of aircraft that are not even talking to our air traffic control tower that are transitioning through the area and utilizing the, those other airports. And then sometimes you'll also see, see lower flying large commercial service airport airplanes that, that are circling over what's called our VOR or it's, it's a very high frequency omnidirectional range. So if anyone's interested, they, they can definitely uh, ch- check out that piece of equipment. But it is basically a radio compass. And so airplanes will sit there and use that as a beacon to either get into Orlando or out of Orlando International or as a holding a location if there happens to be weather in Tampa. So some of the aircraft that we see up a little bit higher, um, those are aircraft that, that aren't even coming here to, to in, into Lakeland.
0: So some residents have experienced the negative repercussions of having an airport close by, especially with the increased traffic. Noise mitigation, I know, is something that's important to you and to the staff here at LAL, but it's actually not under your control once they depart or where they're coming from when they're inbound. But you're still, and that right there is something that I think a lot of people would be surprised by. They, I'm sure that they would think that everything that is happening around the airport must have to do with or be under the control of, mm-hmm. of the, the staff here. But, but what's interesting as well, not only is it out of your control, that doesn't mean you're not doing something about it and you're trying to, to help to mitigate that noise and to help the residents who are currently in the flight path. But you're going about it in a, in a really particular way. So tell me mm-hmm. more about that.
1: So one thing that, that, that we're trying to do is we're trying to work with the FAA to address this through one of their approved consultants to develop what's called the parkway approach. And the parkway approach is going to move aircraft arrivals and departures um, to and from the east over the Polk Parkway. And we're trying to get them over a over transportation corridor, get them up a little bit higher so that way they can go at what's called flight idle, which means they won't be adjusting their throttle settings as much and generating some of that noise. And we also want to keep, get them up at a little bit higher altitude as well. So we're trying to we're trying to get these airplanes up in a good place where we're not conflicting with Tampa or Orlando uh, approach controls, and then also make sure that that we're over a transportation corridor on the ground. Um, but also, as as you mentioned, the airport itself, um, we don't have any control of the aircraft once they're in the air. Uh, we can only control what's on the ground. And uh, that that, that authority is vested exclusively with the FAA. And so we're having to go through this process with them to make sure that we have buy-off with Tampa Approach, make sure that we have buy-off at the regional level. And then we can get those procedures published if we receive concurrence.
0: And how long does that process take? Because I'm sure that, again, there may... Be people like myself who think we'll just tell them to fly a different direction. You know? but this is a process that, that takes a few years, right?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so we've we've been at this for for a very long time. Our our, our first attempt um, was to do what's called a visual approach, and uh, we we went through that process, submitted it to the FAA, and the FAA decided that 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 wasn't the best solution. And so they asked us to revisit it and go back to uh, this published instrument procedure. And so this procedure at this point in time will take about a year uh, from once it's submitted. Now that we have concurrence from local air air traffic over in Tampa, we have concurrence from them. um, We will then submit it to the region to obtain the approvals to actually move forward with
0: the agreement. So let's talk about flight schools? Because one of the things that I was so fascinated by was you said there are five or six different flight schools that, that are located on airport property. Right? Yes,
1: we have five five different flight five. schools here.
0: And how young are the students who are, who are earning
1: their license? Yeah. So uh, you, you can start learning to fly as young as age 14. And uh, some students have actually soloed airplanes at age 16. Um, so, you know, we're, we're looking at... Um, uh, several different um, programs, including the James C. Ray Foundation, things like that, that have scholarship programs for these students to actually graduate high school with their pilot's license.
0: And the flight schools are unique. I mean, there's five of them, but they each have sort of their niche. As yes. As far as what what they're teaching and what students would be interested Mm -hmm. in attending
1: yeah so so there's there's different kinds of flight schools there's there's part 61 and then there's part 141 flight schools and basically it's it's what is the student interested in achieving are they interested in just being a private pilot or are they interested in flying for the airlines and so these different schools kind of cater to 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 different types of students Um, so that way um, they have the best path forward uh, for instance, when, when I was achieving my, my my pilot's license, I went Part 61 because that adds a little more fl- flexibility. It's more more the private pilot route. Whereas somebody who's looking to fly for the airlines someday, they may choose to fly with a Part 141 school, where it's a little more structured. It's training you to to be placed into that into that particular job role.
0: And for students who aren't going to a flight school. That doesn't preclude them from pursuing a career in the aviation field, right? Correct. Because, and, and again, th- mm-hmm. that's going back to the, you know, when, when we think, well, it's just pilots and mechanics, but there's a lot more than that. So for someone who's listening, who may be a high school student or a college student and, and they're, you know, what am I going to do after I graduate? What, what job openings are out there? Because you mentioned there's a shortage mm-hmm. and... It's of more than just pilots and mechanics. So, how can they be pursuing a career in the aviation industry? Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, so, I, if just my own personal background, I have a business degree, um, and and so I've applied that degree towards the aviation field. And I think that you know whether it's a marketing degree, an accounting degree, um, if if you enjoy working with your hands um, in the trades, we've got a lot of. Um, Maintenance uh, openings and things like that uh, for folks here to, to maintain this this mass of, of facilities out here, and so and that and that's across the industry, including uh, maintainers on aircraft. Um, there, there's a shortage for for aircraft maintainers, A and P mechanics, um, and then you know of course the pilot shortage we, we've talked about. Um, but there's a lot of different pathways, um, either through a trade school, uh, college, and then of course the uh, military is a great pathway as well um, to, to, to make your way into the aviation field.
0: So Lakeland Linder is the home of NOAA Aviation, right? And again, that's the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, for those of you who are listening who don't know what NOAA stands for, which I was one of them until I looked it up, but not just in the region. This is, this is for the whole, na- I mean, this is their hub for flights, right? For these yes. hurricane hunters. In the whole region but it's more than just hurricane hunters they, they 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 operate all year tell me more about what they're doing
1: they do um so they're they're most famous for for the hurricane hunting role uh, that that is their nickname as as the hurricane hunters and in every you know summer kind of fall fall time frame we always are watching the news we're, we're waiting for that next storm to come across the atlantic or out of the caribbean and and they have three airplanes in particular here uh one of uh, two of them being that the p3 orion Um, Those are the airplanes that fly directly into the storm and they're collecting all the atmospheric data. Then they also have a Gulf Stream, which is a sort of a high altitude jet that'll fly over the storm to collect that data. But in the times where they're not flying through those storms, they're actually out doing a whole lot of other atmospheric research, Um, whether that's storms over the plains in in the central part of the United States, or if they're out flying and looking at atmospheric rivers over the Pacific, uh, they're studying all different kinds of weather systems. And then they additionally have aircraft like the, the Twin Otter or King Air that are doing coastal mapping. They're doing research on whales and uh, sea lions and things like that. And they're actually uh, sort of this, the air arm of the science research industry, if you will, uh, where, where they're actually going out and providing those aerial assets to scientists um, that are looking at climate and, and the ocean in particular.
0: So, of course, we, we can't talk about the airport without talking about Sun & Fun, which is just a few weeks away. And I hear there's a lot of changes this year with the Sun & Fun Expo, and there have been changes uh, at, on the on the property in the past year with the introduction or the opening of, of the new Skylab. So, tell me about these brand new happenings over at Sun & Fun.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so we're really excited about uh, the changes that, that are coming this year to really improve the the guest experience. And uh, the, the, the Sun & Fun team down, down there has done a great job of of looking at how do we improve mobility? How do we improve um, activities for folks to to see and be a part of? And I think some of the highlights, at least for this year, are the introduction of the new east parking lot. Um, So folks will have an option coming in uh, to park in the east parking area with a new entrance on that side of the airfield and tram service. Um, down into the core of uh, of the air show, so I think that's going to be a, a huge, huge increase in in mobility for for folks to get in in and out quickly uh, and 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 enjoy the show. Um, the other thing that that they're doing is is online ticketing, where folks can purchase ahead of time and hopefully speed up some of that check in process while they're there but also the the layout of aircraft on the airfield has changed where where sun and fun is shifting a lot of the aircraft now to to the east side of the airport and they've introduced what's called the island and this is going to kind of be a, a central repository where anyone flying in can come and catch an uber or a lift uh, they can get publix delivered via instacart i believe Fresco's is even setting up a restaurant in there uh, for the week so they're really focused on on the customer experience and they've also added some evening activities including um, uh, a lot of sun, sunset activities down at Paradise City which is where, where, where the ultralights are. Um, but some of the other facility improvements that have happened on the campus year-round include include the, the Skylab Center, um, which is really interesting because that, that is their STEM education facility there. And they have a lot of different classrooms and STEM activities there from engineering, pilot sciences, science on a sphere. Um, and it is a great tool and something that we're all really excited about. And I think Something that folks uh, even here locally may not, may not know is that Sun and Fun is really the fundraiser for the Aerospace Center for Excellence. And uh, all the folks coming out and participating and all the revenue that, that, that they generate there are going back into aviation education and, and the ACE programs that they have there year-round.
0: And you just mentioned with ACE being the parent company, you know, Sunard Fund, the Expo, that's just a, a single event throughout, but throughout the year, there's opportunities for the public to come and to enjoy uh, learning about aviation outside of just the Expo with, the, for instance, Skylab, right? there. They can come any time. Absolutely. So
1: so um, with with ACE and, and the Airspace Center for Excellence, they're also the home of the Florida Air Museum. And so there they have programs year-round uh, where folks can come out and learn about the local aviation history and aviation history here here in the state of Florida. And um, there's also different summer camps and camps available uh, for folks to participate in. Um, and then also they, they've they done things like story time for, for younger kids to come out uh, as well during the week. Um, so they're really trying to 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 make sure that that they're reaching folks at at all age levels and really get them inspired uh, by aviation, whether that's to pursue a career in aviation or, or to pursue something else. It's really about making sure that that we can get folks out and inspired by by the sciences, um, and and have that 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 participation there on the campus year round.
0: One of the biggest questions in Lakeland is when are we going to get commercial flights? At Lakeland Lender? And I know that that is a loaded question because it's a whole lot more than just having, you know, some. Uh, airline say, okay, we're coming to Lakeland. I mean, that that there's a lot that's involved in that. First of all, from the standpoint of the airport, just being ready to accept commercial flights. But I know that you've also mentioned that COVID affected that search, and now that COVID is is hopefully run its course, you're moving forward with that search. So, so what are the what are the advantages? What are the drawbacks even of bringing commercial service to Lakeland?
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, I think I think one of the biggest requests that we get year round is 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 requests for air service. And, and that, that's a question we get all the time and, and something that we've been look, working on for, for, for a very long time. And um, it, it is a marathon. It, it, it is not a sprint. Um, that, that is one thing that, that, that we have learned uh, throughout this entire process. And, and the market changes cons- constantly. And so whether that was the um, fuel f- fuel pricing um, issues j- just a few months ago, uh, that drastically swung how airlines were approaching expansion. Um, COVID itself impacted expansion. Um, you know, when we look at like uh, Southwest, they went into 16 new markets during COVID. And now that the recovery has happened, now Southwest is primarily focused on maturing those markets and making sure that, that they can stand on 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 their own. And so that's changing their strategy of expansion. We're also looking at airlines changing how they operate. Um, Delta, for instance, is pulling out a lot of smaller communities uh, throughout the United States. Um, In fact, through COVID, I believe it's uh, 12 airports across the country have lost all commercial air service. So we're at a time where there's the pilot shortage, the crew shortage, Um, airports are losing service around the country and we're out there recruiting and trying to find a carrier to come in in here to into lakeland and one thing that's important to note is is, is we're looking for a carrier that's going to be a partner we're looking for, for the right partner that's going to service service the folks here um and uh you know we're, we're targeting our top four markets so so we can go in and we can look at all the all the ticket sale information and you know our our, our top our top five markets are uh, new york washington um Chicago, Denver and Nashville. And so we're, we're really trying to target those markets or at least ways to get to those markets through hubs in, in like Charlotte or Atlanta. Um, but uh, you know it, as far as the airport it's really about providing a service for the community. It's about providing providing that and, and, and meeting that that demand um, that, that we see is is growing, especially as, as we mentioned earlier, and we're talking about earlier, the, the the mass movement here here into the city. Uh, demand is only increasing. In fact, our demand for air service from this area makes up about 2.8 percent of the entire region's demand. Uh, that's up a point uh, just since 2019. Um, so we are seeing increased demands. Um, and, you know, we, we look at all different kinds of things from drive times to ticket pricing to things like that when, when we're talking to, to these different carriers. And it's really, truly in an, yeah, about finding that, that right partner, uh, someone who's going to come in. And we always like to, to, to also preface this with saying we're not looking to become Tampa, Orlando. We're looking to be Lakeland. Um, so so we we're looking to find service that's, that's going to that's be beneficial here. Uh, for our community, um, and, and, and that's really the positive, it's, that it's providing that, that connectivity, not only for, for, for the citizens who live here uh, year round, but also for businesses that are looking to come into Lakeland. Uh, we mentioned the positive effects that having international capabilities has had on bringing new business in, into, or being an element of, of bringing new business in, into the community as well. Um, and then of course, so, some of the drawbacks um, would be increased lights. Um, so there, there is the potential for larger airplanes uh, flying overhead. Um, again, we're not looking to become Tampa or Orlando with with hundreds of commer you know hundreds of commercial passenger flights a day, um, but 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 there is that, that 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 would happen.
0: So, is there anything else that you'd like to add as far as just if when when, when speaking with people who are not familiar with? maybe just lakeland or if you've lived in lakeland your whole life perhaps but you just never knew the extent of airport operations you know one visit will totally change your view of what's happening here in lakeland and especially of of just the intricacy and and the incredible operations that are happening at lakeland lender but is there anything else you'd like to add for those who are listening that might surprise them about just what's happening here yeah, I think, I think we've
1: touched on a lot, but I think, you know, the, the, the big thing is just the diversity of operations here. Uh, we have everything from fighter jets to large transport category aircraft to small Piper Cubs um, that, that are all sharing the, the the same airspace and the same space on the ground. And hats off to our team again. Here at the airport, air traffic control, we couldn't do it without without all of our all of our dedicated team here. But I, I think it's truly, you know, the, the the impact that this facility has on the community, um, being that 1.5 billion dollar economic impact and providing the, those 3,000 jobs. Um, I, I think I think that is a staggering number, and people are always surprised to hear that there's that there's 3,000 people that that actually work out here on a daily basis.
0: Now, before we go. Even if those of you who are listening have no interest in in flight whatsoever, there's something else now at the airport for the foodies. Yes. out there. It's Waco Kitchen and this is their second uh, restaurant right in the nation. It is. So Lakeland is, is home of, the, of their brand new, their first ever expansion and I just have to ask about it. Tell me a little bit about this new restaurant and what should people try first?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so Waco Kitchen opened up uh, just this past summer. Uh, this is their second location. Their Their original home is, is in Battle Creek, Michigan and uh, Waco, for, for those who, who are f- familiar with aviation, it is Waco Air Aircraft company, so it is the aircraft company, and they decided to open up their own restaurant, and and this is their their first their first expansion, and so it's a very unique experience. Um, it's all farm farm to table, fresh, local, resourced uh, meals, and uh, just about anything on on the menu is great. But uh, if I had to pick pick a favorite, it'd probably be the uh, Waco tacos. That's probably the Probably the best thing that, that that I've tried on the menu,
0: and it's right here at the airport main airport terminal on the second floor. You're kind of you're overlooking the runways, right?
1: Yes, yes. So it's it's located here here in in the main terminal on the second floor, and uh, definitely check out their, their their website for for any hours. I do know that they have some closures during the fly-in, so please please make sure you, you check that out if you're thinking about visiting them uh, during the event. Um, but but year-round, they're, they're pretty much open Monday through Saturday from uh, 11 a.m. until 8 p.m. Um, but it's definitely a, a unique, a unique uh, environment to come and, and watch all, all the airplanes uh, while, while you enjoy a, a, a great meal there.
0: So. <laughs> and you were mentioning checking out their website. Where can listeners go to learn more about what the airport's doing or tours or anything else like that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, highly recommend folks go to flylakeland.com. Uh, we have our full airport master plan there. We have our full airport layout plan available. So if anyone's interested in in what the airport's going to look like or sort of, sort of our guidebook of the future, it's it's available there. Uh, you can check out all of our different businesses and tenants if you're interested in learning more. And um, of course, if, if, you know, we love to talk to folks and uh, anytime uh, we can get group tours out here, we definitely welcome it. Um, So definitely contact our offices. You can email Airport at LakeLandGov.net and uh, request a tour and we'll do our best uh, to, to, to
0: accommodate those. Awesome. Adam, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for all of your insight into the operations here.
1: Yes, sir. I appreciate your time, and, and thanks for coming out and visiting
0: us. It's incredible what you and, and what the team are doing here at Lakeland Linder, and, of course, you and Airport Director Chris Hallstrand, you're not slowing down in your efforts to make Lakeland the best it can be. And I hope those of you who are listening, you'll take the time to learn more. Again, go to flylakeland.com. You can learn more about Lakeland Lender and check out Waco Kitchen while you're at it and have a tasty meal. I know that's going to be one of my next stops, and I cannot wait to try it. Thank you for listening.